Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Telesbo. I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. And uh, thank you for joining us again. Um, good things have happened. Pe- more and more people are listening to the show. People are saying nice things about us online. At least like two or three of you are that I see. Yeah, a couple people miss us when we skip weeks. Yeah. Sorry. It's, thank it's, you. I know. It's great. <laughs> uh, That's completely my fault for missing because I um, we were on spring break and ended up extending our trip a day longer than we thought. So, but you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Spring, spring break is, I don't need to apologize for spending time with my family. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Get off my back, everybody. Get off my case. Get out, get out my grill. Uh, <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Now get out my face. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> do you, you read Hunter's email. Yes. We got a, a submitted question here. Um, say your drive lands on the edge of circle one where you can mark it and be inside the circle or play from the actual disc and be outside the circle and able to jump slash step putt it. What are you doing and why? I think that's a great question. It is. And I've actually seen people do both. Like competitive players, I've seen the jump putters, the step putters, leave it out to jump it. And I've seen people mark it to get that eight inches. So, good question. I think it's a really good question. I never even really had considered it because I'm, even when I'm playing in a tournament, no one's gonna, no one's pulling a chain, you know. Yeah, and, and if it's I not think, sprayed. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could, but I don't think. I think more and more tournaments are spray painting the circle or leaving that string on there, so you do know. Yeah. Which is which is not. I've played very like casual courses where the string's just always there. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's nice. It's handy. Um. But I've honestly never really thought too much about this. I just kind of eyeball it and think like, yeah, I'm inside circle one and or I'm not. So. Yeah. And you can have group consensus. Yeah. Well. No. And that's, well, I would like to push that a little bit. Like, is this <laughs> drop in? Can I jump putt this drop in? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is good, right? <laughs> uh, no. It's 30 centimeters, right? 30 centimeters? Oh. <laughs> uh, 30 millimeters? Uh, Leaning ex- on the pole. I can jump, doesn't right? extend past the, the basket. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> I, I can jump, right? Oh, speaking of baskets, check out the shirt my brother gave me for my birthday. That was the sound of my zipper. Oh. Isn't that rad? Yeah, that's really neat. It's it talked a, about it's how a I... patent number for the basket. Yeah, and like like technical and drawings the of the basket. Of I don't know if this that's is really the neat. actual drawings, but it's rad. Yeah, that's really neat. Uh, and I've talked about on the show before that I don't love the aesthetic of a disc golf basket, but I like this shirt a lot. Yeah, that's cool. It's got the date and the... Probably the actual patent number. I would assume. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. 1977, the first chain assembly. That's that's about right. And the... Uh, and the how it works. <laughs> yeah, yep, it shows the disc. Cool. Like, go in, go nose up, fall down. Yep. That's neat. Yeah, yeah I think he got it. Well, it came in an Amazon box. I'm sure that's where he got it from. Yeah, that's really uh, cool. I have no idea like who makes it or anything, but it's a it's a rad shirt. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, do, you, <laughs> do you jump butt at said basket? Uh, should I go first? Yeah. Because I read it. It's natural. Uh I would play the disc for two reasons. One, 30 feet out for me is not a, I may putt, I may not, depending on elevation change and what's going on with the wind and things. That that may be an upshot for me. And so I want the option to be able to step if I need to. And two, sometimes I, and I didn't realize this, uh, I will do a falling step when I putt. And Chris has mm-hmm. called me out on this and other people have called me out. On it. I try to work on it, but it's just something that I naturally do. Mm-hmm. And so if I can 
feel like I'm in the zone and I can just focus and do what I'm trying to do without having to worry about catching that, I would sacrifice the eight inches for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most step putters would agree, right? Like I'll say AJ and James Conrad and Uli and these guys who are really good from 35 to 40 feet, they'll probably leave it and take their step putt. Yeah. Um, I pretty much only jump putt from like 70 to 100 feet as an approach shot. And I don't think I really have a jump putt that I've ever developed because I just don't try to putt stepping, that far Stepping out, through is fine. They're, yeah. They're just preference. Yeah. Um, whoops. But I, I pretty much only jump putt as an approach. I never really jump putt run stuff. So if I'm outside like 70 feet, I'll lay up with a jumper. Oh, okay. Otherwise, I'll just standing putt. Yeah, because the jump putt for me will float. It usually floats a little better and uh -huh. softer. So I can putt probably out to like 50, 60 feet standing. So I would just leave it. Some days I feel good and I never mark a disc. Some days I'm a little bit more timid and I'll mark everything to get that you know, disc width closer. Yeah. So depends on how I'm feeling and what I'm doing. Well, and how I'm feeling right now, because I haven't been able to play a lot. I've just had other things that I've needed to take care of unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I did go out and, uh, played terrible. So I think I'm going <laughs> to, I, I don't uh, know. I, yeah, I'm, that, uh, I'm awful right now. It happens. Uh, turned some great, you know, birdies into bogeys and all sorts of things. Stuff. Fun stuff. Yep. But I, you know what? I still like playing. Can relate. Um, well, thanks Hunter for the question. If you've got a question for us, we love getting them cause that gives us something to talk about. Uh, that's disc golf related. Otherwise you're just going to hear me talk about movies again. Um, <laughs> so, coming next week. Yeah, yeah. Just you wait next week. That's a preview. Um, Chris and I are going to see Shazam after we record tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but if you've got questions, email us pro am disc golf at gmail.com, um, or facebook.com slash prom disc golf. Uh, email seems to be the best way for us to get questions. That's just the way it's kind of worked out. Yeah. But, um, however you want to get it, but we did get something via Facebook. Um, let me pull this up real quick. Uh, <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, this is from a listener to the show, uh, Eric Bastille. I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. If not, Eric, I apologize. And please correct me on the, sp the pronunciation. That's cause I went to France recently. <laughs> Bastille. Uh, <laughs> and that's probably not even how you say it in French. Um, first off, assuming it's supposed to say first off. First off, I would like to say I love your podcast, and that's we're going to end it there. Thank you, Eric, for listening. <laughs> Thanks for writing in. Uh, my name is Eric Bastille, and I am the one who started and is the captain of the Prodigy Disc Battalion team. The battalion team is a team of military disc golfers whose main objective is to grow the sport in and around the military community. If you or anyone you know uh, who is running something military-oriented and needs support, please let me know. We would love to help if we can. Thank you for everything you both do to grow the sport. Um, Eric, that's awesome. And uh, I am not a veteran. You are not either, Chris? No. So I've never been in the military. My dad was in the National Guard. Uh, super supportive of the military. And I know uh, lots of bases have courses. They're not always great. Sometimes they're in a, in a literally in a parking lot or on sidewalks. Yeah, but it's great that they're trying to get out there and, and grow the sport. So if you have something military related, um, please reach out to these guys. Their email address is prodigy battalion team at gmail.com. And I'll spell that real quick. P R O D I G Y B A T T A L I O N T E A M at gmail.com. Um, and I'm assuming they probably got a Facebook page too. If not, they'll probably have one up soon, but 
if you do, if you're having a hard time, get a hold of Eric, uh, use our page, our Facebook page to, to talk to him about that. I'm sure he'll respond. And, um, that's a rad thing. So yeah, they just, I guess, put the team together with, uh, Will and, uh, Trish, Trish Ustrick. So, which is really cool. Was Will a veteran? Not that I know of, but he's, he's a big part of Prodigy and they've been very cool. I think they were the first to do a deaf team as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, they ran a stamp that had Prodigy Fingerspelled on the disc. I think I've seen that stamp. Yeah, That's a rad stamp. that was also super cool. So they have an ASL team. They have a veteran team. They do a lot of cool stuff. I got to say, I think being deaf might be an advantage in the sport. Right? You don't have to listen to anybody. Yeah. I don't I, you don't hear four. You can, But nobody says four anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm he's, signing four really loudly. He's signing... <laughs> four incorrectly really loudly <laughs> um so at the zoo today and with my two-year-old and uh, i was walking by the reptile habitat and heard a dad like shouting for their kid and this looked very familiar to me because the previous week i was in california and went to disney california adventure and as we're getting ready to leave i end up shouting for my five-year-old because he followed somebody else or did something else and was not near us oh boy. and uh Long story short, they found him. He's fine. Um, when security walked him to us, he was holding like a bubble wand that lit up and a bag of cotton candy that they just gave him. Oh, man. So, so uh, really, he played the system. Yeah, getting lost is a good thing for him at Disney, apparently. Yeah. Um, but uh, this guy was sh- shouting for his daughter, and I you know, started talking to him like, did you lose your kid? And he said, yes. And I realized, oh, he's deaf. Um, he he's reads lips very well, and he didn't have a hearing aid, so he's at least hearing impaired. Um, and I... I used to be conversational in ASL and realized I don't remember any of this as I was trying to talk to him and kind of like in a little bit like, let's settle down, let's find her. Uh, but we found his daughter. She was fine. She Good. was just up by the tigers. Tiger habitat, not playing with the tigers. She was, <laughs> She's fine. She She's was sleeping fine. with a tiger. Actually, she was with another mom from my daughter's school. So oh. that I had found her and was... Just trading kids day. Yeah. So... Um, well, nice. Glad that, that's that's my deaf story for the day. Glad kids are okay. Deaf podcast. More of yeah. story. Um, but yeah, this is really cool. If you got anything military related, um, reach out to Eric and reach out to the Project Battalion because uh, if there's one thing the military is great at, it's a lot of things. But one thing they're great at is supporting their own. So yeah, that's that's neat. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I'm gonna also, say, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, looking at his name, there's no T in it. So I'm gonna go ahead and venture you pronounced it wrong. I did, Basil. I don't speak French, so. Yeah. I'm thinking Bastille Day. That's what's in my head. Yeah. Basil. Basil. It's probably not Basil. Eric. That's just, I'm sorry, Eric. I know zero French or I would try to help. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if this is French. Basil. B-A-S-I-L-E. Basile. Basile. I, I don't know. I'm going to stop trying. Yeah. It's probably base. I don't know. Eric, I wish I knew how to pronounce your name. You probably haven't ever had anybody struggle with it this hard. But that's <laughs> that's it. Welcome to the show. Um, but real. anyway, Prodigy Battalion team at gmail.com. And uh, that's awesome. Support them and uh, support those that support us because that's certainly what the military does for, well, definitely for our nation and I believe for a lot of the world. Yep. So thank you, veterans. Yeah, thank you very much. And for those that are serving actively. Um, super, super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moving on, I mentioned that I wasn't playing well. Um, but it I, wasn't entirely your fault. It wasn't entirely my fault. Um, we had kind of a freak storm 
blow through Salt Lake City freak uh, spring storm. We've had a very wet winter and a pretty wet spring. We got mm-hmm. a lot of rain and then um, like a lot of rain. And we, we don't normally get rain. We usually get snow and then sun and then snow and then sun and then snow and then sun and then it's March. Yeah. And then March, like March, April, we'll get on and off rain, but you know, it'll rain for like a eh, half a day and then it'll and let up for a couple it's not days like, and dry out. It's not like Southern then, rain. No, it's, it's not like monsoons. it's sprinkling yeah. and we freak out because it's rain. Yeah. Like for us to get stand, floods are very rare in Northern Utah or at least in like the Salt Lake Valley. Um, it's, it's not a common thing. Like we don't get mm-hmm. monsoons really, maybe one or two a year in the summer usually. Maybe. But, uh, Standing water just is not a thing. And our snow is super dry. So we don't usually deal with a lot of water-related problems other than drought. Truth. Uh, (laughs) Too real. um, But we had a lot of rain. And then all of a sudden, we get an incredibly heavy snowstorm that rolls in one night and drops probably eight, nine inches. At least by my house, there was eight or nine inches of snow. I had six or seven. Yeah. Um, And... Very, very, very wet, like Northern California, mm-hmm. slushy snow. I broke two shovels actually that morning. Did you really? Yep. I, it just looked like snow, so I went out and like jammed the shovel in to try and move yeah. some of it, and it just cracked right well, up yeah, the middle. Well, yeah, because normally in Salt Lake City, if your car has a foot of snow on it after a big storm, or that's that's a huge storm, but nine or ten inches of snow after a good storm, you can take your snow scraper and just take the brush in and brush all the snow off. Mm-hmm. That's how dry our snow is. It's not like, uh, you know, the, the great lakes area where you've got to chisel away at ice. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen one ice storm in all the years I've lived in Salt Lake. I don't, I don't remember any. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so you can shovel like a foot and a half of snow. No problem. Usually there's not that much water in it. Mm-hmm. This was not that. And it's spring, t- it's spring starting up. So buds were on trees and, uh, that all just create a lot of surface area for all this wet snow to catch and absolutely collapse trees and it, power lines. It broke and, everything. Yeah. I didn't realize how bad it was. And then we found out that um, like half of, not my neighborhood, but um, it's a big banging sound outside. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we're in an engineering building, so. <laughs> Someone's fixing something. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, uh, no alarms are going off. Yeah, I'm not worried. Um, but yeah, I think like uh, 20, 30% over the valley was without power for a while, like yeah. for a long while. Yeah, like t- 12 hours, what I was? Or more, yeah, yeah, in some areas. I mean, just nuts. Like, yeah, like all of, I would say, South Salt Lake, it's kind of hard to explain where, but was it without power? Like, businesses were closing. They're like, yeah. hey, sorry guys, we don't have electricity. Yeah. When you'd go, I'd go drive around and uh, you'd see just trees. Like limbs snapped off, not, not as much trees over, but some trees like just completely uprooted Mm -hmm. tons of limbs snapped off. Like just the road, the, the sidewalks where people had just taken all the branches that are broken off in their yard and piled them up. Mm -hmm. And all you've seen for the last week and a half is just city trucks driving around full of leaves. Trying to pick up. Or full of, full of sticks. Yeah. Trying to catch up. Um, so I went and played disc golf and, uh, these are related here. Yeah. There definitely were some trees that had snapped. This was the month. So the storm came in on. Friday, Friday night? Friday night, I believe. I think so. Yes. Storm came in Friday night. I was playing Monday morning. Oh, okay. Um, so still fairly muddy, but that was okay. Uh, but definitely some broken trees and things yeah, and like that. That, that, eight, that eight inches of snow had melted by Monday. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it was gone. So like, there was nothing on the sunny, ground still. Sunny, rainy, eight inches of snow, sunny. Yeah. 
and just so, everything's wet. Well, and I just warmed up and created, made the snow even heavier. Utah like, spring. Yeah. Well, no, this is a freakish winter anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, you're playing. Yeah. It's polar bear's fault. Um, hey, now. <laughs> so I go out to the course and play in disc golf, and I get to hole eight, and uh, there's a tree that has completely fallen over about eh, maybe 12 feet off of the end of the tee pad. So that hole plays quite a bit different now. Uh, overhand only? <laughs> yeah. You could throw like a – and it it kind of dog legs right. So it's mm-hmm. a real understable hole anyway. So my normal play with that was to kind of throw at some trees and then finish and then land on an old uh, bunker. You know, mm-hmm. an old – because an old old ball golf course, so just an old sand trap there. And then that would kind of give me a, a point to pitch up. That shot was taken away. Yeah. So, that, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure with that tree down, it's like overhand only. I, I think if you're going for the basket, the absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got to try to like really thread it through some stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a mess. <laughs> uh, but I did notice that with all the broken trees and branches, um, one branch stayed strong. One branch that's been the bane of my existence <laughs> for a number of years. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh. I would have to guess hole by hole. Um, guys, we're going to put pause on the episode real quick. Hold on. Uh, we're back. Um, I saw some lights that I thought were maybe the fire alarm lights. We were hearing a lot of loud banging, and I had seen some security walking around the building earlier, so I just wanted to make sure that everything's okay, and it seems like it is. We're back. <laughs> and alive. Um, uh, uh, we record this at the University of Utah, where there's been two murders in the last two years. Um within 150 yards of where i live so Mm, yeah yeah i'm not i'm not alarmist but (laughs) rather you know be be aware of my surroundings yeah never hurts (laughs) Um, so what branch are you talking about you know what though that would this is morbid this is incredibly morbid i can say this (gasps) because there wasn't anything bad that happened our listenership would go would skyrocket this week if we were live podcasting something awful like that that would be horrible but and i don't want that to happen um, for those of you that follow the show, you know that I don't put a ton of effort into marketing it, so I'm not that worried about it, and I certainly don't want to go that way, but that would be <laughs> that'd be a bummer. Yeah, uh, that would all suck. Right. Uh, hole 17, 16 now. Yes. There is a limb that is sh- has mm-hmm. been dead for, looking at it, I can't imagine that it hasn't been dead for more than 450,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. That is placed exactly where my disc wants to go when I release it well. And it is about, what, 25 feet off of the tee, 30 feet off the tee? Yeah. And it just sticks down a little bit and catches my disc and dumps it right down. Fat branch (laughs) survived this awful storm. (laughs) When I saw that tree tipped over on eight, do you know what I did? I was was just going to play like nine holes anyway. Uh Uh, I smiled and I said... Ooh, this is good. I walked over all the way over to this other hole. Expecting it to be gone. It was not. It was standing strong. Oh, no. But not that bad? Oh, no. It's awful. (laughs) It's the end of the world. The other tree wasn't bothering nobody. (laughs) The only time you hit that tree is if you just shake the drive. No, that's not in any way for anything. Yeah. None of the pin positions that come into play. Between two holes. Yeah. Just there. Just there. Not, not a beautiful tree necessarily, but just fine. Yeah. 
It was kind of half dead. Yeah. Well, that's why it fell over. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we don't always get what we want. So uh, that's true. I want to hear from other people if there's because that tree has had that branch has had to survive. How many windstorms that have knocked down other branches there? How uh, many other too storms? Many. Too many lightning strikes that have hit that park. Speaking of down trees, yes, at Creekside, our other little local park, on one, two, three, four, on hole five, first one in like the densely wooded bit. Okay, another tree fell down, just as that hill flattens out. So there's like the tree in the center, and now there's like a cross tree again. So years back, there was a cross limb that they cut off, oh, opened it up, and now another one whole fell down fell into over. the way. So that's kind of fun though for that, that hole. That shot got interesting again. So you can try to skip it or you, yep. soar it or I threw a flick roller and it worked or you can go like this little push over the top shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tricky again. That that's a tricky hole anyway. Yeah. No, there's another tree in the way. Wow. So, Did that was that because of the storm? Probably, I don't know. Okay. It was just down last yeah. time I was there. So yeah, stories of holes changing by trees changing. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Good things, bad things. Well, and I want to hear, like, I want to see pictures or hear stories, at least, of the tr- the limb that will not fall. Because I'm not going to go to a course. Hole 18 at Creekside has one. Take it's got my the little out. finger that sticks down. Absolutely it does. It's been hit probably a million times. I've it hit it. won't break. At least, well, a handful of those times. Seven, eight years ago when I started playing, I would hit it. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to break this. And somebody's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And I was like, it's dead. Why can't I break it? We all just hit it. And then I got in trouble with someone. Yeah. So I didn't. It's still there. No, and I. I, I think that person was right. I, I don't believe in like, unless you're yeah. responsible for the area, you shouldn't be, you know, changing yeah. the, the natural layout of the course. And a, and a tree limb is a natural layout. One that like fell in the middle of the fairway and it's just going to get hauled away anyway. That's fine. Clean it up. But, you know. Um, if it's attached, leave it be. Yeah. And this is unfortunately attached. This one, they're both barely hanging on, but those ones will not go. They've been <laughs> dead. They're so dead. Uh, yeah. So <sighs> on a, uh, positive note, we've got something else to talk about. Chris is going to talk for a while because Chris, what that's the sound of you <laughs> through something new. I did. So we record Thursday nights. This comes out tomorrow. Um, as you're hearing this, it came out Friday. Um, one of the biggest discs I think for DD this year is the Raider. Um, I got some, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I haven't let Gavin throw them yet because I've been dying. I'm not dying anymore. I'm throwing again. All good things. I'm going to take like, I don't know, three minutes here and give a quick little Raider breakdown. Um, it's a new high speed, slightly overstable-ish. Can I see one of those? Or yeah. do you have another one? I do. Thanks. I haven't even held it. I just had to take the heartbeat one because that's fun to do. That does sound really good. Um yeah, new overstable distance driver from Dynamic Discs. Um, I think the flight numbers are 13.5, negative 1.3. I could be wrong. Um, but my first thought is when I picked it up, it doesn't feel like a Speed 13. So this is a Speed 13? Yep. The rim feels smaller. It's no, this feels like a Speed like 9. No, it's bigger than that. I, no, th- I no, thought no, it would have been like 12. It feels like it's 10. Or I thought it would have been 12. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a 13 to me. Right? It's, it's, it's comfortable. And the spec sheet and Tomas and... Everybody, if you follow Chris Goodrich, if you don't, you should. He does great breakdowns of discs. It is a 2.3 centimeter rim. It is a Speed 13 rim, but it feels smaller to me. Like I throw, yeah. I throw Ballista Pros a lot, and this just feels smaller in the hand. It's super comfortable. 
Um, and I don't say this very often at all, but I have a new contender for longest flying disc. Really? This that flew your Ballista Pro? I, I haven't been healthy enough to really get on them both. Okay. But it might. Wow. It might. See, I thought this was going to be like a shorter version of that, but there, this is like a distance disc. Yeah, it's kind of like... Okay, ignore the like really overstable defenders. Some, there's like one in 20 that's just dumpy. Mm-hmm. But the rest, like a bio defender and a fusion enforcer, this is right in between them, but with Ballista Pro Glide. Okay. So it will finish left if you don't throw, you know, probably 350, 400 feet. It's going to finish left really hard. Um, but when you get it turned over and you put some p- speed on it, it goes and goes and then finishes back a little bit. Um, so as soon as I'm feeling up for it health-wise, I'm going to go out to a field with all my Raiders and a couple Ballista Pros and see who goes farther because I don't know. But it's already making waves. A lot of Team DD players have already started throwing them. Um, Oakley's got a funny little video out. Chris Goodrich did a great review. Castro's, I think, excited about him. AJ's throwing them. He threw a cut roller, or not a cut roller. He threw a full roller with one at uh, Texas States in the Joe Miz coverage. If you want to watch that, he's throwing it a little bit. Um, but super hot ticket item already. If you haven't got one yet, I suggest you do. It's not enforcer overstable so if you only throw 300 350 feet you can probably still use it um, but if you throw 450 500 feet you can really use it yeah because a ballista pro is basically useless for me yeah so i mean yeah. it, it's just not a disc that <laughs> i should bag i don't need anything that overstable for my arm speed yep um but this i gotta say i have not thrown them as we've talked about i, I just did <laughs> just threw it at the table mm-hmm. uh but in my hand the rim feels like, you know what this feels like to me is a, um, and maybe it's because they're just early in the mold, but it feels like a little bit of a domier turn. Okay, I can see that. They are a little bit domey. That's why I was doing the, yeah. the heartbeat. But the rim, you know, the, if you're familiar with the turn, it's got like kind of a, not a bead, but almost like a lip on the mm-hmm. inside of the rim. A little um, rise on it. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like that to me. Hmm. Um, so I'm interested to throw this thing. It feels great in the hand. Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest thing is if you're into speed 13, but you don't like the big rim, I know this says it's the same size, but it just doesn't feel it like doesn't, it. And I think it's that that raise, that little rise. that It could be. And that's got to give it a ton of glide. It it, I mean, it be. looks like a wing. Yeah, right. You're looking at it. Like, that's an interesting profile. Um, but Yeah, like, super comfortable. It doesn't feel like a 13. I was surprised to see that, but you all need to try one. Uh I know you haven't take like played with this yet. You've just done some field work with it so far though. Preliminary thoughts. Um, and, and I'll give my review when, when I get a chance to, but, um, would you bag this if it doesn't fly as far as your ballista pro or flies similar distance? Would there be a reason for this to be in your bag? Uh, probably actually. Um, I kind of joined the train of a couple enforcers in where, and I think this feels better in my hand than enforcers. Oh, okay. So I would get rid of some of my old bio enforcers for raiders. There you and go. if it does go as far as the Blister Pro, I might just scoot those over too. Yeah, because why? And I love my Blister Pros. Like, that's not a disc I thought I would be moving out. Well, especially not a year after it came out. Yeah. Like, that would be a huge compliment to the raider because Blister Pro, at least in Utah, I don't throw them when I travel, but in Utah, it is my favorite farthest disc. Yeah. 
Well, and I've seen you throw them very far. They they go. Yeah. So if this can beat that, we're in like serious distance territory. That's awesome. Because you're getting a Blister Pro. 550? Five, easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, not easy. Probably but probably 550 in Utah. I think consistently, yeah. Probably closer to 600 at lower elevation. That's far. It's it's far enough. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's like, you know, pure distance flex line. That's yeah, not that's golf not, shot. That's not, that's not like, internet distance. That's you give me 10 throws. I can get one to 550. Yeah. I can get one to, you know, 575, whatever. I see the yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Uh, you did want to say one more thing about the Raider though. Speaking of, I have an extra. Um, I got one of the yellow bar stamp team trilogy release Raiders. And I like them enough that I want one of you to have it. So we're going to do another little giveaway. Um, we're going to get it to Gavin. He's going to go to a field and throw it for until he's tired many times. That's a number. I don't know what it is. Until um, I get a feel of it. Yeah. I, you know. Till, till he gets a good distance shot in with it. Yeah. Till I feel comfortable throwing it. Yep. And we're going to do Price is Right rules. Whoever guesses. Should we do it email guess? That's got a lot of emails to track. Uh, no. You know what? We need to do a. Um, I can throw it on Insta. Yeah. Let's do it on Instagram because that's the easiest way to do it. Yep. So I will post on Instagram on Tuesday. Is that when you release? Uh, Monday. When do you ish, do it? When it when it drops? Okay. Uh, why don't you, you know what? It doesn't matter if they get on this before it drops because I need to go throw it still, so yeah. they, they can guess. So it doesn't matter when. Um, yeah, why don't you throw yours up on Tuesday? Because that's when I try to have it out, but okay. sometimes life gets in the way, unfortunately. It does. So when you hear this, there will be an Instagram post. Post your guesses there. Closest in feet without going over will win a bar stamp raider courtesy of us. Absolutely. Because they're amazing and you all need one. So again, this is Gavin throwing it after his first time in a field with one. Yep. This particular disc and uh, whoever's closest in standard units. Because America. Yep. So, you know, if, if you think I'm going to throw, throw this thing 75 feet, <laughs> then I have to get a new rangefinder. Um, <laughs> or just math. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you know, I'm going to say, let's just take this to the nearest foot because I, I'm not going to get any more accurate than yeah, that. No, no, no. Nearest foot. Nearest For foot. Sure. So, um, without going over. Yep. And if you have the same guess as somebody else and they beat you to it, sorry. Yeah. You lose. That's it. So, um, but yeah, one of you will get a Raider. Well, and that, that if it gets out before the episode release, that incentivizes the people who follow us on Instagram that's to, true. Uh, you know. I'm pretty sure we have Instagram followers who don't listen, those sneaky ones. Oh, that's interesting. Which is why I asked if I would post at the right time. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, eh. well, <laughs> I think I'm going to like this disc. I do. It sounds, it feels, um, it feels good in my hand. I want to, like, it feels like it wants to be thrown. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for high speed, but, I I still can't believe that it's the same rim as a Blister Pro, and defe- that's the same rim and Defender, same depth. Oh, okay, width, okay, sorry. okay. They're all listed at that two point three speed thirteen rim. That's nuts. It just doesn't feel like no. That. It it really doesn't. So I I would have guessed it was at twelve speed when I threw it. No, because this it, feels it, whatever. Yeah, this I haven't felt held a Blister Pro in a while, but they seem they feel wider. Mm-hmm. I agree. Huh. So thirteen speed, comfortable in the hand, goes far. Check it out. Yeah, they're already out when you hear this. So. Go Absolutely. check your retailer, check dynamic. They're going to go fast. Uh, and again, we're not affiliated. I am not. The show is not affiliated with dynamic, but Chris is sponsored by them. So that's why he gets these cool prototypes. 
and we get to to review them before they get released. But um, Dynamic has their buyback program, so find a buyback store yeah. if you want to try it, and uh, you know you can try it with little to no risk. So, but I bet you want to keep it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good one. I'm excited I, to see how it goes for you. Yeah, I am excited too. So, do you have the yellow one with you? No, we can do the blue one. They're the same. They're both bar stamp. Okay. I just I throw in the yellow one. Uh, we'll give away the yellow one, but I'll throw this one. Okay. Okay. That works. Right? Yeah, that's fine. That works. They're the same. Okay. Um, one seven hundred. Okay. One hundred seventy-three grams for those of you that want to get particular with it. And this is what plastic fusion bar stamp. All right. Little pop top. It's a heartbeat. You heard. Other side, yeah. I can't do it as well. <laughs> there it is. There we go. All right. Uh, that's our show today, folks. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate everybody who listens to the show, everybody who supports the show, everybody who tells a friend about the show. Um, we, It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so fun to hear that people enjoy the show and kind of enjoy the silliness that we do because this is <laughs> – we got about 30 seconds in before we left today. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and uh, I'm not even going to consider this as negative criticism because I don't, I think they're just observing what the show is, but if we've gotten any negative criticism or any, any constructive feedback, it's that we don't talk enough disc golf that will go off on movie tangents and things. And uh, that's this show folks. So I'm glad <laughs> I appreciate those of you that, that, that get that. So, uh, where I am not a professional disc golfer and I love to play the sport and I will play it, uh, you know, as often as I can, but I don't follow the tour. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I still get confused on, you know, all some of the terminology, but, uh, I like playing it. Yeah. And so if, and, and Chris is a pro. So, well, and that's, I think part of what's so cool about this game is you can take it at whatever level you want. We have I met a truck driver when I was out playing last week who was just in town for a few days because he had to pick up something in Payson, and he was just hanging out disc golfing, so we played around with him. And I was like, you literally just play disc golf in between trips. And he's like, yeah, all the time. Just keeps bagging Meets the truck. Meets people. Yep, bagging the truck. It's like his passenger seat. Yeah. Like, and then you have people who are playing 75 tournaments a year or whatever ridiculous number Emerson played last year. He it's played over tournaments. 70 tournaments in a year. It's only 52 weeks in a year. Yep. So every other weekend he's playing two events. That is nuts. Yep. Like a one day Saturday, one day Sunday. All the time. And and these are not uh one day tournaments, all of them. No, and the weeks where he's playing one, a lot of them are three, four day events. Yeah. Yeah. And traveling all the time in between. And so there there's a big spectrum. You can follow the tour how you want. I watch pretty much all Central Coast and all Jomez coverage. I follow some Ulti World. I follow, you know, uh, the pro tour live, which I guess is going back to Smashbox now. Like I stay on top of things. I'm friends with people. Yeah. So I get comments from them. I see highlights Yeah, when people share them with me and I love it, but it doesn't matter where you are. Like that's why this is cool. And that's yeah. why I like it. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's, that's who the show's for is anybody who has an interest in the sport. Yeah. You follow, you fall somewhere between Chris and I, uh, but we really appreciate everybody listening. We really, really do. And we appreciate the, the feedback positive and negative. Honestly, I just like that people have listened to the show and, and are trying things out. So uh, until next time, keep throwing plastic. Cheers. Cheers.